In 2015, Coco the Gorilla was invited to record a special message for the Paris Climate Conference. She addressed representatives from more than 190 countries who had gathered in a historic meeting to hash out ways to slow down global warming. The world's most famous gorilla had something to say. In the video, Coco is sitting in front of a gray screen, propped up against what looks like a fake forest. Honestly, it's like she's landed right in the middle of The Legend of Zelda. The camera zooms in on Coco's face and hands as she begins to sign some phrases. I am gorilla. I am nature. The Gorilla Foundation has since recorded a dubbed version with a human voice. This is what you're hearing. I love man. Earth, I love the earth. But man is stupid. It's time to hurry. Fix the earth. It's a message that would resonate even after the Paris conference was over. The video gets posted on YouTube and receives more than two million views. Coco, she still got it. She said man is stupid. Right. That's the most <laughs> controversial thing in, in there is that she signed man is stupid. And she said it twice. That's Gary Stanley, Penny Patterson's partner at the Gorilla Foundation. But she also said, but man, Coco love. She forgives man. <laughs> um, forgives us for being dumb. <laughs> and this was after Penny had told her as much as she could about what, you well, know, what's going on with climate conflict. No, Coco was... Look, it read the National Geographic article on... Yeah, yeah, she was looking at the pictures. I don't know where that came from. Wait, Coco... Could Coco read English? She reads. To some extent, but yes. we never we never studied it scientifically. She had reading teachers from very early on. This was news to me, but Penny insists that that's what happened. In fact, during another interview, she described Coco almost like a prophet. Nature is speaking to us through Coco and can speak to us through children who learn about Coco. What do you think the legacy of Project Coco is? Well, it feels like I've been signed by Coco to take all my energy and all my time and all my spirit to spread an understanding of our place in nature, that we are nature. I'm Ariel Zimros, and this is a show about animals, Project Coco. We need to coexist with nature. We are destroying it. And in that, we're destroying ourselves. For Penny Patterson, Coco's message in many ways, the point of her existence and her special skills, has always been for us. For us humans to get that we are a part of this whole natural world, not apart from or different than. In talking to Penny and spending time retracing Project Coco, it's become clear that the purpose of trying to see if a gorilla could learn and use a human language was for us to see ourselves in them even now that she's gone. A gorilla is being mourned worldwide. Coco, the so-called signing gorilla, died in her sleep this week. Coco, the beloved gorilla known for her warm personality and sign language skills, has died at the age of 46. Coco's bond with the animal psychologist lasted all of her 46 years and revealed more than intelligence. 
I'm curious, can you tell me about the day that Coco died in, in 2018? What was that like? Uh, well, I monitor, I monitored the gorilla's bedside with a audio and video. And I was worried about her. And I was planning to get there really early the next day because I was super worried about how she was doing. And in the middle of the night, there was a sound, and she outstretched her arm. I think I actually witnessed when it happened. It was her heart, I think, just gave out because that's how she was positioned when we found her. But um, it turned out she had cancer, um, and uh, we weren't aware, really, uh, of that. 46 is pretty up there for a captive gorilla. So Coco's death wasn't a total shock. She lived a long life. And I spoke to an ape vet who said it's very typical to not find cancer in an ape until after they die. We had this large, um, it's almost, it wasn't a funeral, it was just a large get gathering after, after Coco passed away. It was outside, there were flowers everywhere. Everybody spoke about their experience with Coco. Hers, very personal experiences, a lot of tears and so forth. It was just wonderful. I was amazed at how many people came together. And the, the feeling at the end was, thank God for Coco. You know, that, that, that my life is enriched by Coco, and this is just the beginning. We're now going to do everything we can to give back what Coco gave to us. This has long been what Penny hoped Coco's legacy would be. By knowing more about gorillas, we can hope to convey the importance of saving gorillas as a species to people um, if they realize how similar to man they are. Perhaps conservation efforts will be enhanced. So when Coco died, the media, by and large, hewed closely to Penny's narrative that Coco and her work with Coco would tell us more about ourselves, that it would make us better humans. I spent some time going back and reading all of these articles about Coco after she died. I mean, it was international news. Major newspapers around the world, magazines, cable news outlets, all gave Coco the kind of obituary that you'd expect a human public figure to receive. She was that big of a deal. Her abilities really changed the way the world viewed animals and their intelligence. She appeared on the cover of National Geographic magazine in 1985 with the cat. The 300-pound gorilla was, according to Patterson, able to understand about 2,000 spoken English words and could communicate using about 1,000 hand signs. Coco knew more than 1,000 different signs. But I also noticed, after reading all of these obituaries... Tender friendships with kittens challenged notions of animal savagery. So many, at times, clumsy and half-hearted attempts to contextualize just what Coco's legacy actually was. And one cat's death reportedly plunged her into depression until she met Robin Williams. Her life on Earth was extraordinary, one that taught humans about empathy beyond the human race. 
one that will touch audiences and warm hearts forever. What I find so interesting here, and really kind of heartbreaking, is that people remember her and talk about her like she was a human. She was a gorilla, but through this experiment, Coco ended up transcending her own gorilla-ness. She had moments where she was sad and she, you know, felt embarrassment and she was shy, but she was also, like, mischievous and funny. But Coco was not what you would call sweet. She was bitchy. Coco had this devious personality. And, man, did that girl like to, to mess with people constantly. And I think, I don't know if this is true, but I think it was, where she took the phone off the hook, which may be connected to an operator or something, and she she's talk, trying to talk in the phone, and people just hear this breathing. <laughs> she wasn't mean by any means. She just was ornery. I think of her as, like, human mentality of a two- to four-year-old, but also had, like, the moodiness of a pure woman adult. She would say sorry when she really meant it, but she would also say it like, I know I should, but I don't really... It's like, whatever, sorry, and she'd walk away. I mean, humans do that too, right? right? Like, we were like, sorry, not sorry kind of thing. She does that. She was really remarkable. I mean, pure spunk, that girl. Coco was as amazing as the public viewed her to be. But she was also so much more than that. Right. I mean, really, who was Coco? This is the pond I built for the fish. I probably have maybe 30 now. But they're just goldfish. They're just as pretty as koi. But they're way cheaper and they're smaller. (laughs) Coco was amazing, but I'm glad there was only one Coco. And Southcombe, who was involved in the early years of the Coco project. Because she sacrificed her gorilla-ness to be in that project. And um, so she, she was really more human. And that's what kind of broke my heart, to see this beautiful gorilla, kind of half human, half gorilla, was kind of sad for me. Anne remembers visiting Coco three decades after working with her. You know, I got to see her, and her vocabulary was the same as it was when I was with her. They say she learned thousands of words, and she did, but that doesn't stick. That doesn't mean she could just pull these out. I was kind of surprised there weren't any more, you know, advanced signing that she would say to me. It was all sit down, chase. Tickle, nap, sleep, sip. But, you know, again, maybe she was signing what she thought I knew, <laughs> you know. Hmm. But it, it, That's surprising. Yeah, that is surprising. It surprised me. According to Anne, this disconnect between the narrative that the Gorilla Foundation put forth about Coco and the reality of what she was capable of, this had been a problem since Anne was on the project in the 1970s. Because it was really, really becoming hard for me to keep on that path of turning a gorilla into a human. I mean, it really hurt, um, because I love gorillas so much. And then seeing what I felt was over-interpretation, so this whole project 
would be telling people things that weren't true. People who worked with Coco in the later years say that Penny had that same tunnel vision when it came to Coco's physical wants and needs. There was no doubt in my mind, ever, that Penny didn't love those gorillas with her whole heart. But you can love something and not take care of it properly. They all thought Coco was amazing and loved her, but it wasn't necessarily because of her innate brilliance. I think that there is this misconception that Coco is like this amazing being, and she is. But I think they think that she is a stand apart from other gorillas. I honestly truly believe all gorillas are amazing beings with very individual personalities just like us. We're 98% the same DNA. Like, she wasn't unique. She had a unique experience. She wasn't unique. Good time. Oh, my God, this is fun. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's recording. Yeah. For Penny Patterson, Coco still looms large. I know this was a few years ago now, but I just want to say that I'm really sorry for your loss with Coco. Um, the first time I got to speak to Penny, I wanted to acknowledge her loss. I wanted to know how she was doing since Coco's passing. And Penny's answer surprised me. Yeah, thank you. And uh, what I have to say back is that she's still with us. She feels the people working with me also say the same thing. Penny told me that she and a group of friends meet on Zoom every week to meditate. And she says that they're inspired by Coco's loving and healing nature. And we, we have a, a group called the Power of Eight that we work with for healing ourselves and others. And she attends. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> you mean from, from the afterlife? Like, Penny, like Coco is with you? It's the, that there's this energy, this really strong love and energy for the group that has been working with her. The Gorilla Foundation's headquarters in Woodside is still active. The foundation says that volunteers come by and give tours to school kids. We have a life-size cocoa plush, and we have the they, they go in where she lived, and it seems like it's a kind of a sacred place. Penny says there's also a Buddhist monk who lives on the property. His name is Eric. And then he tells the stories about her, which are amazing. <laughs> and according to Penny, Eric also speaks to Coco regularly. He's very much in touch with her. He's got a whole memoir thing going, and as well as poetry that he writes about spiritual things. So obviously I asked Penny if she could put me in touch with Eric, and after a back and forth about this, they eventually told me no. For what it's worth... I would still like to talk to him. So, Eric, if you are out there, please get in touch with me. And there were a lot of other things that I wanted to ask Penny about, though it was hard at first to get through to her personally. See, we initially reached out to the Gorilla Foundation by calling the number on their website, which is 1-800-MIGO-APE. We also emailed a bunch, and I called Penny Patterson's personal phone number. Eventually, we got through to Gary Stanley, the foundation's COO. Hi, Ariel. It's Gary Stanley at the Gorilla Foundation. At first, they seemed eager to talk. And as you've heard, we were able to interview Penny and Gary a couple times. 
But the more questions I asked about the full history of the project and how they ran the Gorilla Foundation and about the totality of the research they gathered over 40 years. Uh, we got your email. And before we respond to it, I wanted to ask you a, a question, clarify something so that I make the right response. The more it became clear that the Gorilla Foundation was interested in telling a very specific story which I totally get. We all have ways we like to talk about ourselves and our work, and we also all have things we'd rather not get into. Hi, Ariel. This is Gary Stanley. I just um, looked through your entire list, 40 questions. But in trying to understand Coco's life and her legacy, it was important to us to get a full picture. Give me a call. I'm um, pretty concerned about some of them, the nature of some of them, and, and the intent and where this is going. After a couple interviews, Gary told me Penny didn't want to do any more. She would answer fact-checking questions by email, and that was about it. The reality is that while talking to Penny was important, it was just a piece of the puzzle. Because Coco has touched a bunch of lives, and she meant something different to each of them. The way you tickle a gorilla is you take your finger and you dig it into any soft spot. And then they laugh. <laughs> I will sit there and so what it sounds like is this, <clears throat> this happy grumbly sound. For about a year after I left, and it will still come up sometimes, when I'm excited I do it. <laughs> like to my family and to my partner. And then the, the sort of aggressive, like, or the warning sign to, like, I'm, I'm annoyed, I'm pissed off, I need you to back up, was this, like, <coughs> sounded just like that. With these gorillas, you were part of their troop. You were part of their family. Like, whew, they'll, be, they'll bring tears to my eyes right now. Like, it was, it was incredibly difficult to leave every day. There was never a moment when I was sitting with Coco that we weren't communicating and weren't understanding, and it was because we both got quiet and got out of our own way and allowed it to happen. And if more of us did that every single day, this world would be a lot better of a place. That's another difference between humans and non-human animals, is you know, we have to know everything, <laughs> and they don't. You know, Coco was really special, but it, what really this whole project taught us is that all gorillas are capable of this. Should they be put in the position to have to, to learn this way? In order for her to have this language connection with us, her own language was not respected and her own language was not encouraged. And still, there is, of course, our very human desire to tie it all together and wrap the whole story up in a bow. We want to give these events meaning. Or what was it for? I want her life to mean something in the end, in history, whatever. Because she paid a big price. She gave up being a normal gorilla, and that is a big price. That's next week. We all had our careers. We all got our PhDs or whatever. You know, we all got famous. That, that shouldn't have been. 
we, we should have respected them more than to, you know, I mean, what's the difference? A, a circus chimp, what's the difference? A Show About Animals is a production of Vice News. It's hosted and reported by me, Ariel Zumros. Our producers are Julia Nutter and Pete Lang Stanton. Our production assistant is Laylee Resvani. Sound design and original score by Pran Bandy, with additional support by Steve Bone. Annie Aviles is our executive editor. Kate Osborne is our executive producer and the VP of Vice Audio. Special thanks to Maximo Anderson for fact-checking. A show about animals returns next week. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. And if you can't do that, hit subscribe. That helps too. 